Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another session of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. I am JB, setting up the machine one more time. This time it is Cubs broadcaster Len Casper taking his hacks in the cage. Len, thanks for being with us. Great to be with you, JB. Beautiful day here in Scottsdale. Uh, that's uh, nice. You don't have to really rub that in as I await snow in New York again. But, hey, welcome <laughs> to the cage anyway. No problem. I won't take it personally. So, folks, you know how this works. Uh, push that big red button on your screen. Get in front of your webcam. Join us right here in the cage. Ask Len a question directly. In the meantime, I'll use Twitter to keep this conversation rolling right along. Get FaceTime with Len Casper. Join us here in the cage. Len, I'll go, uh, let's, you know, lots to discuss, obviously, in the Cubs offseason. Let's go to manager first. Cubby's triple zero wants to know what's been your impressions of Joe Madden thus far. Well, how long's the show? I could probably <laughs> talk about Joe for a couple of hours. Um, you know, it's interesting. I didn't really know Joe at all, but uh, I know a lot of people who know Joe very well. And when he got the job, I got a lot of emails and texts, and they said, "You're going to love this guy. He's going to be the best manager you've been around in terms of the media stuff. He thinks out of the box. Uh, he's very open-minded." And uh, I would say he's even exceeded my expectations. I've had a, a, a lot of good conversations with him. Uh, he's very comfortable in his own skin. And I think when you run into a manager like that, it, it's really fun for us because we get to ask a lot of the why questions. Mm. He doesn't take those as second guesses. Uh, he believes he can learn something every day. And for a guy who's been in the game for about 40 years or so, uh, that's really cool. Um, I think we get set in our ways as we get older and we feel like we know more. And I think for Joe, the more he knows, the more he realizes maybe he doesn't know. I thought he handled the Chris Bryant situation yesterday uh, very well. He said, put yourself in a 23-year-old kid's shoes. You know, obviously he's going to be a little um, not confused but stressed because, you know, his agent, his teammates are telling him he should be on the opening day roster. Uh, you know, he might have some defensive things to work on. So my job's to look at the big picture. But when I was 23, I wasn't looking at the big picture. So I feel like he is a good spokesman for this club and really takes some of the pressure off Anthony Rizzo and Starlin Castro and Chris Bryant and Javier Baez. Just let those kids go out and play, and Joe can take all the heat. Uh, absolutely. Uh, great to hear your insights on him, hear him described in that way, that he is comfortable in his own skin that allows others around him hopefully to do the same and that, like you said, just that understanding of what each player might need each journey along the way, just a great manager. Exciting to be there in Chi-Town. Excited to have a fan join us here in the cage. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your question for Len? Hi, I'm Tyler from South Louisiana. And uh, my question is, do you think the Cubs will win a World Series with all the free agent signings? John Lester, Joe Madden, even. Uh, and by the way, I'm coming to Arizona to the Brewers Cubs game on April 1st. Leave it to go. So thank you. Tyler, thanks uh, for the question. And uh, make sure you say hi. I'm sure I'll be uh, calling that game either on uh, MLB.com or radio or television. Uh, I guess I would say this. I'm not in the prediction business per se, but um, I will predict the Cubs will win a World Series with Theo Epstein and Joe Madden here. Mm-hmm. I can't promise you it's going to be in 2015. It is a young club. There's still a learning curve. I'm very open to the idea. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but this is not a window that's only going to be open for a year or two. 
the window's starting to open, and I think it's going to remain open for the next, hopefully, five to ten years and, and well beyond. The, this wave of talent that's getting to the big leagues is going to be followed by another wave right behind it, and that's something that's very important to this group uh, running the baseball operations is they want wave after wave of talent. Mm-hmm. And so there are parallel fronts that Theo talks about, and that is the big league club and then supplementing the minor league system, which they've done a lot. But I will say this, if the Cubs do make trades during this season, by and large they're going to be to help the major league club, as opposed to in years past they've traded major league talent to get minor league talent Mm -hmm. for years in the future. So future's looking bright, and I think the present looks pretty good too. Uh, Again, well well said in that point of view on the Cubbies. We know that Back to the Future 2 has this as their year. That might be a little ambitious for Doc and the rest of them, but who knows? Maybe that movie was right all along about everything. Where's my hoverboard? We have a fan with us again in the cage. What's your name? Where you're from? What's your question for Len? Hi, I'm Adine. I'm from Stanford, Connecticut, and I was wondering what was your reaction to the Jeff Samarja trade? Well, which one? <laughs> He's been traded <laughs> twice uh, since um, last July. Uh, let's go back to the Cubs trading Jeff uh, to Oakland. Um, I think the Cubs were looking for pitching uh, because that was the one area, you know, they have so many great position player prospects. Uh, They had Jason Hamill. They had Jeff Samarja. They knew that Jeff was almost assuredly going to go into free agency after this season. And I don't think they wanted to keep him until this year necessarily and then have to make a trade because of where the team stood going into 2015. Uh, If they were going to make a, quote, sell trade, I think they wanted to do it in 2014. Well, then the A's got involved, and Billy Bean dropped an Addison Russell on Theo, and my guess would be Theo's jaw hit the floor, um, and that changed everything. One of the top five prospects probably in all of baseball right now is Addison Russell. He just so happens to be a shortstop, which the Cubs obviously have a ton of depth at that position, but they believe you can take a shortstop and move him wherever you want on the diamond, and uh, I still think Russell's probably going to be a shortstop when he gets to this level. And, in fact, if he had stayed in Oakland, he might be their opening day shortstop this year. So I wasn't surprised Jeff got traded. I thought the Cubs got a lot in return for him. Uh, In fact, this past offseason, they brought Hamill back. And then with the A's not getting to the promised land, which was the the goal all along when when Billy Bean got Samarja, Hamill, uh, and then John Lester from Boston, I think Billy Bean realized that Jeff was going to enter free agency, and so he tried to go out and get whatever he could. And so now Jeff's back in Chicago on the south side, and interestingly enough, it comes full circle. He's from northwest Indiana, and he actually grew up a White Sox fan. So uh, I'm really happy for him that he's back in Chicago. I'm happy for us that he's in the American League, even though we will face him probably a couple of times in interleague play. But I think he'll be a really good uh, top-of-the-rotation guy for the White Sox. Uh, the saga that is Jeff Samarja brought to you by Len Casper here in the Upper Joint Chatting Cage. Uh, every step along the way, well, well diagnosed. Once again, Len, uh, thanks for uh, getting some FaceTime with fans as they get some FaceTime with their favorite broadcasters. I'm going to go back to Twitter while fans get their webcams fired up. This is from uh, AddieBean92. How has the use, oh, important to the new leadership there too, how has the use of advanced statistics changed the game and which do you find most useful? Wow, I, I think... Uh... I think they've changed the game a lot. Uh, The most visible uh, way, I think, for fans to see how advanced statistics have affected the game is the defensive shifting uh, that's going on right Mm -hmm. now. 
Um, that would be number one. That's obvious. Um, if if you see a guy who hits ground balls, you know, 95% of the ground balls to the pull side, you would be foolish in aligning your defense, you know, two guys on one side, two on the other. Why not move them this way or that way, depending on where a guy generally hits the ball? That's number one. I think number two, uh, the use of platoons. Uh, you know, the A's have been very good at that. I think Joe Madden likes that and likes to have, you know, righty-lefty, righty-lefty in his lineup, likes to kind of exploit that, likes to move guys around the lineup. He's considering maybe batting the pitcher eighth uh, at certain times this season, um, and he's already asked the Cubs uh, analytics department to kind of look at, at some of those things. So I think it touches just about every facet uh, of life in baseball today. Uh, but we also have to remember they are human beings, and I know the Cubs really value character, uh, what a guy's all about in terms of his heart, I know they talk to family members and friends when they scout these guys, um, and I feel like this is a really good clubhouse in that regard. As good as John Lester has been as a pitcher, uh, I've been really impressed with the things he said and the way he goes about his business, and I think the idea is that the way he does things will filter down to the rest of the pitching staff, and I think guys like Dexter Fowler, Miguel Montero, David Ross, some of the veteran position players they brought in, that those things will also uh, kind of reach the rest of the players. But, uh, yeah, I'm into advanced statistics. It's not a math class, so we try to make it as simple as we can on our broadcasts. But um, if you want to know uh, how good a guy is defensively or offensively, there are a million different ways to evaluate it. Uh, it's certainly one of the more fascinating developments in baseball in the last decade or so is that uh, the idea that there is now an analytics department to go along with the character in the clubhouse and the makeup of these guys as players. Something the right blend leads to World Series ring. That's what everybody hopes for. Another uh, fan has joined us in the cage. What's your name? Where you're from? What's your question, uh, Len? I'm Adam. How you doing, Len? Hey, Adam. I'm great. How are you? Good. Uh, my question is, uh, what do you believe uh, are as many Alcantara's role will be with the team this year? Uh, will he be like Zobrist was with the race, considering Madden's the new manager? I think that's a great point. I think that's exactly the guy Joe Madden wants uh, Alcantara to be. And nice job, by the way. I think you pronounced his name exactly uh, correct. <laughs> um, ben Zobrist is the best super utility guy in baseball. And I think it is a lot to ask a 24-year-old kid uh, to not play every day, to not know what position he's going to play. Um, as a switch hitter, you know, a guy who was a shortstop, moved to second, might play a little third has started to learn the outfield a little bit. Uh, it's a lot to take on, but I also think it's the reason the Cubs brought in Dexter Fowler to play centers. They didn't want Alcantara to feel that pressure of being the everyday leadoff guy. Um, but I equate him to kind of a sixth man in, in, in basketball. He may not start a ton of games, but I have a feeling he's going to end up being in the game in the fifth or the sixth inning, and Joe can, can utilize you know his switch hitting versatility at the plate, his speed. Uh, he brings a lot of tools to the table. So this is going to be a really challenging and I think ultimately a very good year for Alcantara. I think he's going to be a terrific major league player. There's still a learning curve, so it's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be the all-star Ben Zobrist necessarily to start. But I do think you're correct in that uh, Joe Madden wants him to eventually be that kind of guy. Uh, uh, looking out at the roster and how these things will shake out for Joe Madden, how he works out for the Cubs in 2015. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Get FaceTime with your favorite broadcasters like Len Casper, like this fan right here. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your question for Len? Hi, hi Len. Uh, I'm Mark from Kingston, Ontario. 
And uh, first of all, I think you guys, you and JD are doing a great job. And I think JD comes from Messina, just across the border. So it's cool every time he mentions that, I get a little pride happening. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to know um, what's going to happen to Michael should Chris Bryant make the team? Uh, first of all, JD, I think, considers himself an honorary Canadian. Um, I don't know if you're a Leafs fan, but he grew up uh, watching Guy Lafleur. Uh, and Kenny My favorite Dry, player. Canadian, so don't hold that against him. Um, I don't think Chris is going to make the opening day roster. I think he'll probably be here at some point in April. Uh, he's be- dealing right now with some right shoulder fatigue, but he DH'd in the B game today and hit his seventh home run of the spring. Uh, Chris is going to spend most of this season with the Cubs major league team. I don't think there's any question about that. But saying that, Mike Olt has had the best spring of his career, I think offensively and defensively. So if I had to handicap it right now and we are just over two weeks away from opening day, uh, I would say Mike would probably be the opening day third baseman. Tommy Listella would be another in- interesting uh, possibility. That depends on Javier Baez, assuming he grabs second base. Listella can kind of go back and forth between second and third. But uh, based on how things stand right now, I think Olt will probably be very much in the mix on opening day. And then once Bryant gets here, people have asked me, well, what do you do with Mike Olt? Uh, the one thing I've learned in this game is that the 25-man roster on opening day is rarely the 25-man roster by April 15th. Uh, things are fluid. They change. You have injuries. All kinds of things happen. Right now, the Cubs have three major league catchers, so that could affect the roster. Uh, my answer to that would be things have a way of working themselves out. And if Mike gets off to a really good start, even if they bring up Bryant to play third base, they'll find a way to get him some at-bats. Uh, that is certainly uh, well said. The 25 that start rarely are the exact 25 that go 162. Almost impossible just uh, on sheer duration and talent does win out. Uh, thank you for that question from uh, Canada. We appreciate that as well. We're going to go back to Twitter before we wrap things up. This from Lim the Hipster. You're also a disc jockey. I'll have to take his word for that or her word. Uh, what song would you use for walk-up music, Len, if you were a player? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's right. My this is the hard-hitting music. question. Yeah, you know, um, I like to think I'm hip and, and everything, but I, I probably would go old school and probably do like Van Halen or something, you know, from my childhood. I'd, 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 I'd do some hair band or something cheesy from the mid-'80s. That's probably what I would do to get me pumped up. Uh, I like it. Uh, we could throw back. Turn up the radio by aut- – Turn up the radio by autograph. There you go. Done and done. I wish we had uh, licensing rights right now to play <laughs> play you out on that one because it would be a great way to finish. Because I think we've wrapped up this session with Joe Chad and Cage. Uh, Len, did you have a good time? Make some good contact. Feel pretty good in the cage? I had a great time. Uh, felt like I took the ball the other way in the first round and maybe hit a couple out in my uh, final round. But really enjoyed it. I hope I get a chance to do it again, JB. All right. We will definitely take you up on that. Len Casper, uh, broadcaster of the Chicago Cubs. That wraps up another round of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Be sure to catch the next one live, and you might get FaceTime with your favorite player.